share a sermon tonight called Which Coat is Yours? Identifying Ourselves. I've been walking this week. I'm on a challenge with some other pastors, and um, we are uh, um, competing against each other in fantasy football, but we've also decided to challenge each other to get up and go walk and go exercise and and maybe even lose a little bit of weight through this football season. And and uh, I don't know, maybe it worked. I was watching football today and realized I was eating an apple. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a good thing. But but um as I was walking this week, I I listen uh, I listen to books when I walk and I was listening to a book called uh If You Wanna Walk on Water, get out of the boat. And uh, it's a powerful little book, and and uh, be honest with you, I meant to look and see who the author of the book was, and it for, I completely forgot. Uh, but um, powerful little book. I'm about halfway through it, and uh, he was talking uh, on. I guess it would have been probably Wednesday or Thursday. He was talking uh, as I was walking. He was talking about fear, and he was talking about, of course, he's looking at the story of, of uh, Peter getting out of the boat, and he talked about Peter seeing fear, Peter getting afraid. And he began to talk about how that we get afraid and how that we get challenged by, you know, we, we, we step out and we, we, we face things, but everything we face seems to be a challenge. And as he began to talk about seeing challenges, he began to talk about Joseph. And he began to talk about how that everywhere Joseph went, he faced a challenge. And as he began to go, he talked about the coat of many colors. I'm going to talk about that here in a few minutes. And, and then he goes on, he talks about Potiphar's house, and he talks about Potiphar's wife uh, 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 propositioning Joseph and, and, and tempting Joseph. And, and he talks about how she grabbed a hold of his cloak, and he left it in her hands. And as soon as that come through my ears, I thought, wait a minute. Every change, every situation that Joseph faced, he changed his coat. Every situation, he changed his clothes. I've never thought about the clothes. I've never thought about the coat. And I was all excited. I had this new revelation and I walked on about another uh, quarter mile or so listening to him talk about other things. And don't you know, he comes back and says, and you notice that every time he changes, hey, good job. That's John Ottberg, Artberg, whatever. That's the guy. That's the book. Great book. I'm about halfway through it. I encourage you to read it. And um, but when when I began to think about. Uh, this and then he begins to talk about the coast. I go, no, that was my revelation. But um, so this may not be completely original, but God began to pour into my heart, and he began to he began to pour into me the power of identity, the power of identifying ourselves with our surroundings, and so it's caused me to ask this question: Which coat is yours? How are we identifying ourselves? What are we sad? What identities do we become satisfied with? So I want you to open your Bible with me tonight. Genesis chapter 37. 
And I'm going to read just two verses of Scripture here, verse 3 and 4. Reading from the New Living Translation, this is what the Word of the Lord says. It says, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children, because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. And they couldn't say a kind word about him. Let's go to the Lord tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you right now. And Lord, I pray that you would allow me somehow to find the words, to find the ability to express what you've poured into my spirit. Lord, let me find a way, Lord Jesus, to express, Lord, the power and the the majesty that you poured into my heart as I begin to study this. Lord, I know this sermon, as much as any other sermon I've preached in a long time, is about me. It's about me understanding and and realizing and, and walking in your call. But Lord, allow me to share it in a real way with those that are here and those that watch this video. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, and I just pray that this word would be a blessing to some life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Tonight I want to take just a few moments, and I want to walk through some of the identities that Joseph carried. And I want to talk a little bit about where these identities come from, what these identities stand for, and where we may be in those different identifications and the times that we may need to be willing to lose certain coats, to lose certain identifications because God's got something bigger for our future. I got news for you. We are identified by a lot of things, but if we will be willing to let God change our identity, He will change our identity to his promise, not to other people's condemnation. He will change our identity to his victory, not just our victory. Mm. See, some of us, we get satisfied in our victory, and we don't care to wait for God's victory. But if we will allow God to change our identity... If we will allow God to, I hear so many people go, Pastor, I, I, I'm, I, this is just the way I am. I can't change me. You may not be able to change you, but God can. And God wants to change you. God does not save you so you can be just like you were before he saved you. God does not let you grow in him so that you can stay the same. I've used this illustration before. I've said this before. But if we had a child in this church that that failed to grow, failed to progress, failed to get taller, failed to get bigger, failed to start talking, failed to start walking, we would be desperately uh, see, uh, uh, seeking out doctors and having prayer meetings and, and doing all kinds of things to, to, to find out what was wrong with this child. But yet the same people that would do that physically will get upset if we allow the church to change. 
We don't want the identity of our church to change. We don't want our church to look different. We want our church to stay the way it is until it's dead. But I've come by to tell you sometimes we got to get rid of the coat that we like to get the coat that God wants us to have. And sometimes we got to go through a process that takes us through some identifications we don't really care for because on the other end there's an identification that God has planned for us, that God has laid out for us and God has said, I'm going to get you there if you'll trust me for the journey. We got to quit looking for the events and start trusting God for the journey. The journey is where the power is. The journey is where the victory comes. The journey is where the answers come. So as I began to look here, I looked first at the coat of many colors. This is as close to many colors as I get right here. There's one, two, three colors in this. That's, that's many. I, I began to look at the coat of many colors. Now, the Bible says that, that Jacob loved Joseph more than the rest of his kids. And so one day, he bought him a coat. He had a coat made for him. That, and the, the King James translation says it was a coat of many colors. It was an ornate coat. It was a stylish coat. He, Joseph looked almost as good in his coat as I look in this coat. This coat hides my fat belly. This coat is small enough. I mean, big enough. And look at that, it hangs just right. It makes it look like I'm trim and fit. Don't look at me like that. And my wife's back here going, breathe, breathe. Okay, no. Um, but the coat of many colors had a purpose. It represented that it identified Joseph as a favored son. Now, let me jump into something here. Number one, Joseph didn't necessarily deserve to be the favored son. Joseph had not earned. He was not the oldest. He was not the second oldest. He was not the third oldest. When you look, the first oldest had lost the 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 um the um birthright thank you he had lost the birthright because of because of sinful nature the second one had lost the birthright because he had slept with his father's concubine the third one was judah judah should have been the the birthright now what we know about judah is later on now this will preach this in this sermon this will preach Joe, uh, jacob honored joseph but later on, God said, Judah's going to lead. Mm. 
You see, sometimes we think that because Daddy honored me that that's all that matters. But God said, Daddy may have honored Joseph, and I had a plan for Joseph, and I used Joseph, and we're going to talk about that tonight. But God said, when it comes to leadership, Judah's going to be in charge. Judah is the one that's going to lead the way. Joseph wasn't the leader. Joseph wasn't the one that God had ordained to have kings come out through his bloodline. No, that was Judah's job. It was Judah's job to lead but Joseph got the favor of his daddy I daddy likes me better than everybody else see I got a big coat this identity made Joseph feel good but it made his brothers feel bad Mm, can I tell you when your identity only makes you feel good maybe you need to make sure your identity is in check with God's call if your identity is just about making you feel good I love it when you feel good but if you feel good and you cause pain to everybody around you you're not walking in the right identity you're not walking in what God has prepared for you you have not grown into that yet Joseph could have very easily Said, I'm happy right here. Matter of fact, I was wearing my coat the other day and I fell asleep. And I had a dream. And brothers, let me tell you what my dream was. I, I, we were all had stacks of wheat. And my stack grew up bigger than your stack. And your stack bowed down and worshiped me. Ain't that great? Brothers, aren't you excited? You get to bow down to me. Oh, I had a dream the other night that my star grew brighter than all the other stars. And the other 11 stars bowed down. And even the sun and the moon, mom and dad even bowed down to my star. Oh, family, isn't it good news to know that I'm going to be bigger than all of you? I've got daddy's coat. I've been identified as the best. Now I'm going to tell you something. God has a plan. God was planning on using Joseph. God hasn't abandoned Joseph. God hasn't said you're worthless, you got a bad attitude. But Joseph could have been satisfied with the identity of daddy's praise. But all of a sudden, his brothers rose up. And his brothers said, let's kill him. And so when he came out to bring them food, they captured him. They beat him. They threw him in a pit. They were going to kill him. But one of his brothers said, no, let's, 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 let's don't kill him. And then they looked up, and there was traitors coming. They said, let's sell him. Let's get rid of him. But before they sold him, you know what they did? They took his coat off. He was no longer daddy's favorite. He was no longer the favorite. The Bible says they dipped his coat in the blood of an animal. And they took it to their father and said, we found this coat. Is it your son's? Now think about that. Is, does, do you know who this is? They said that coat that meant so much 
is now just garbage. Joseph no longer has the covering of daddy's favorite anymore. Now he's been thrown among the, the, the slave traders and he's riding in a wagon. He's being beaten. He's being bruised. There comes a time somewhere that he gets brought up to an auction block and they say, look at this fine young specimen. He's strong. He has ability. And Potiphar says, I'll take him. Potiphar buys him with cash. And Potiphar brings him into his house. And very quickly he rises through the ranks. And Potiphar gives him a coat. This is my soul's harbor jacket. Joseph had a Potiphar's house jacket. It indicated that there was nobody else that was higher in the household than Joseph was. It indicated that Potiphar had set him atop of everything else. The coat of Potiphar's house gave him, gave him status of a favored slave. Favored slave is pretty cool. The Bible says that Potiphar didn't worry about anything except where he went to sleep and what he ate. Joseph took care of everything else. Joseph was the favored slave. Everywhere he went, when he went into town to buy supplies, he didn't have to worry about money because he had the Potiphar house jacket on. He had, he had the jacket on. It had the logo of Potiphar's house, and everybody knew where he worked. Everybody knew who owned him. Everybody knew what he did. He had, he had all the authority of Potiphar's house. He was a favored slave. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you, some of us, we've gotten past the pride of daddy's favorite. Somewhere down the road, we've taken on the identity of a favored slave. And we're happy. We're happy being a favored slave. I can do whatever I want. I can go where I want to do. I don't have to worry about money. I don't have to worry about food. I don't have to worry about everything. My, my, my boss is taking care of it. Let me come physically. Some of us can't walk in the ministries God called us to do because we're too connected to a job that God never gave us. We're too comfortable being an employee instead of being a business owner. We're too uncomfortable having somebody else take the risk instead of us trusting God to provide. We're too comfortable. We're too comfortable sitting in a church letting somebody else do the ministry instead of stepping out and wearing the coat that God intended for us. We put on a jacket of a favored slave. Let's talk about spiritually. We get to a place that we think we can control our sin. 
We get to a place that now we're no longer worried about what it looks like. We're no longer worried about getting any closer. I've done all I can do, and I can handle the habit I got. I can handle the addiction I've got. Nobody knows what's going on. I'm comfortable in my slavery. I'm comfortable in my bondage. When you get comfortable in your slavery, I've got some good news for you. God's going to send you something to make you uncomfortable. I've preached about Joseph for years. I never understood what a blessed woman Potiphar's wife was. What in the world are you talking about, Pastor? Because if Potiphar's wife hadn't made slavery so uncomfortable, Joseph may have never left Potiphar's house. There has to come something that will cause you to let go of the identity that you become comfortable in. There has to become something that will cause you to let go of that thing that you've taken pride in. That that thing that's held you back. Oh, I've told the stories before. Forgive my redundance. Oh, but I remember the day that God told me to leave a ministry. And I said, do you know who I am? I got Potiphar's coat on. I am somebody. I am the senior ministry staff member of the fastest growing church of God west of the Mississippi. I am going to be the youth pastor until I get old. Then I'm going to be the associate pastor. And one of these days when my pastor moves on, I'm going to be the next pastor of this church. I bought a house. I'm comfortable. My identity is set. I know where I'm at. I know who I am. I'm happy. And all of a sudden, my job said, no, you're not. They fired me. They let me go. They excuse me, financially displaced me. I always found that one funny. They financially displaced me. They said, you're done. It was not happy. I was not glad about it. I heard about it. I moaned about it. I cried about it. But I got news for you. If God hadn't ripped the coat off my back, I would have sat there and died doing what God didn't want me to do. Now, the Bible says, Joseph looked much like Pastor Tommy. Well, it doesn't say those exact words. He said he was a fine-looking young man. Now, the author of the book that I was listening to this week, uh, he said something I never thought about before. He says, you know, the Bible says that Joseph was a good-looking young man, but we don't know if Potiphar's wife was a temptation or scary. He said, it doesn't say if she was good looking or if she was ugly. It, it, it doesn't say if, if Joseph was tempted or Joseph was saying, oh my word, no, 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 no. But whatever happened, Joseph said, I can't lay with you. I can't have an affair with you. I can't get satisfied flirting with you. Because I'm proud of my jacket. You hear this. Joseph's 
stand against Potiphar's wife had nothing to do with God. Read the scripture. I can't give in to this because my master trusts me. He gave me a coat. He gave me favor. He gave me an identity. He gave me I can't risk what he's done for me. And one day she grabs a hold of it. She grabs a hold of that coat. In his fear, he looks up and realizes that he no longer has the identity of a favored slave. And as a matter of fact, he finds out that when she begins to yell and scream, that Potiphar takes her side. Oh, it's amazing. When you're no longer wearing the coat, they'll throw you in jail. When you're no longer the favored slave, you become the indentured slave. When you're no longer the one that has all the authority, you're the one that pays all the price. This is so deep, I just can't get there. Can I tell you, some of us have become so proud being the favored slave to our sin that we don't understand why are we now having to pay the price for our sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He runs out and leaves his coat in her hand, and he finds himself once again without a coat. They take him and they throw him into prison. I'm a little scared. I'm going to tell you, that coat was hot. When he gets the coat of prison. If the coat of slavery is hot, the coat of prison is hotter. See, this obviously isn't my letterman's jacket. Because I didn't go to school in Chillicothe. But I use this as my code of prison. Because everybody knows ain't much more like prison than school. (laughs) So, you know, I find it amazing. Two years ago, my son begged and pleaded and, and, and... all he wanted for Christmas, his birthday. It doesn't, you don't have to give me any more gifts while I'm in school. Just get me a letterman's jacket. And I never had a letterman's jacket. I, I have a letter in choir. I know that's scary. That I have a letter in choir. It's the only letter I ever earned. I, I, I never got a letterman's jacket. Number one, we didn't have the money for it. Number two, we moved the end of my junior year, so I wouldn't have had time to wear it. Number three, my letterman's jacket would have been ugly. Our school colors were orange and yellow. This part was orange and this part was yellow on our letterman. Boy, it's hard to be tough in an orange and yellow jacket. Michael begged, Michael pleaded. 
for a letterman's jacket. But in May of 2018, Michael walked across the stage and got a diploma from Chillicothe High School. In August of 2018, Michael got in a car and went to Cleveland, Tennessee to attend Lee University. And guess what he left in the closet? I talked to him the other day. I said, what about your jacket? He goes, won't you see if you can sell it? I don't want it. I don't need it. It identifies something in him that he has moved on past. Joseph become the top prisoner. The warden gave him favor. He was the favored inmate. He was in charge. He wore the letterman's jacket. He walked around. He had authority. He had power. He had knowledge. He had so much authority and so much opportunity to interact with other inmates that this slave boy who had been put in prison by a master who, a master's wife who claimed he tried to abuse her and rape her gets a chance to sit down with the cheap cupbearer and the cheap baker from the palace. See, we don't think about this. But there are levels even in prison. And that slave boy should have never been in the same prison with the king's staff. But there he was. And there's a dream that comes and he interprets the dream and he looks to the cupbearer and he says, in three days you're going to be restored to your position. And he looks at the baker and it says, in three days your head is going to be removed from your body. And in three days, they took the head of the baker and the Pharaoh restored the cupbearer to his position. And Joseph said... Something he's never said with any other identity. Remember me. What he told the cupbearer was, I don't want you to remember my identity. I want you to remember my gift. Don't remember who I am. Remember what God showed me. Remember how I was able to help you. What he was saying is, when I had my my coat of many colors, I didn't want to lose it, but my brother stole it. When I had the identity of a favored slave, I was happy. But now somebody remember what I was like before I was a favored inmate. Some of us get to a place in our life where we feel like we're trapped. I know it's probably never happened to you. But there has been multiple times, not once, not twice, not three times. I can't tell you how many times I have cried out to God and said, God, would you remember me? You put me out here. You forgot me. Remember that I'm more than what I look like. Remember I'm more than how I'm identified. I have more ability than what my identity says I can do. Joseph, crying, God, 
let him remember past my identity. But he goes a day, a week, a month. Months go by. And the cupbearer could not remember who was inside the jacket. The cupbearer couldn't remember the identity of the person who had the answers. He couldn't remember the person who helped him in his time of trouble. All he remembered is he knew some inmates when he was in jail. Some of us, we feel like that we're only identified by the prisons we live in. We're identified by the addictions we have. We're identified by the, by the sicknesses that we have. We're identified by the, by the, uh, 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 the sin that we walk in. And we keep saying, I know there's more, I know there's more. But everybody only remembers the addiction. They only remember the attitude. They only remember the sin. We've become so imprisoned to our attitude, to our sin, to our addiction, to whatever it is in our life. We become so imprisoned to it that we don't have the strength to step out. We don't have the authority to step out on our own. We need somebody to reach a hand down to help us. But all they see is the pain. All they see is the sorrow. And they don't want to help us. They don't want to remember us. And we sit and we cry ourselves to sleep at night saying, Somebody help! The Bible says Pharaoh had a dream. When Pharaoh had a dream, he called in all of his magi- magicians and, and soothsayers. And he shared his dream with them. And he says, tell me what it means. And none of them could figure out what it meant. And as his cupbearer, in case you don't know what a cupbearer is, that's the person that walked around with his cup. Back in about 2000, it was probably the summer of 2000, I went to camp meeting in Maryland. And we had a guest speaker or evening speaker for camp meeting. Matter of fact, he's going to be speaking at our our Midwest camp meeting in St. Joe in October. His name is uh, Dr. Thomas Propes. And uh, he was there, and I got assigned the position. I was the assistant stage coordinator. Which what that meant was, a good friend of mine was the stage coordinator. And he sat right behind our overseer on the stage. And when our overseer wanted something done, he didn't do it. He would text me or give me a motion to come up and hear from him. And then I would go do whatever needed to be done. And one of the things is Brother Propes preaches hard. He's a powerful Pentecostal preacher. You're going to want to be at camp meeting. But he liked to have a bottle of juice while he was in the altar. And I walked around in the altar as he was praying for people. Sometimes it can't mean, and some of those altars went 30, 45 minutes, an hour long. And I'd walk everywhere Brother Probes went. I walked holding a jar of orange juice, bottle of orange juice. 
my pastor called me Juice Boy because I walked around handed juice. That was that was my job. That was a, I was a cup bearer. The cup bearer sitting there, and he's handing Pharaoh his drink, and he hears the dream, and he hears everybody, and he goes, "Oh, Pharaoh, I remember something." When I was in prison, I had a dream, and the and when 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 there was a time going by where you got mad at me and your baker, and you put me in prison, and there was we had a dream, and there was a prisoner there, and he interpreted the dream that the baker would be killed, and that I would be restored, and it came out as he said, maybe he can help you, and Pharaoh said, then go get him, and so they sent for the prison. And, and I'm not going to change yet. They sent for the prison. And the Bible says that when word came from the palace that Joseph. When Joseph came before Pharaoh, he did not walk in. With the coat of a prisoner. He walked in without a coat. He walked in with a change of garments on. He said, if I get a chance to go to the king, I'm not going to go there and be identified as a favored prisoner. But I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to let him identify me the way he wants to identify me. I got news for you. Jesus is calling for you right now. He's got a call for you. He's got an anointing for you. Don't walk in here with the coat of a prisoner on. But change your clothes. Wash your faith and come stand before the king of kings and let him identify you the way he wants to identify you. Joseph walks into the palace clean. He doesn't have a coat of many colors. He's not a favored son. He's not a favored slave. He's not a favored prisoner but he walks in and Pharaoh says here's my dream and Joseph interprets the dream tells him that there's a famine coming not only interprets the dream but tells him how to avoid the famine or seven years of plenty coming, seven years of, of famine, if Pharaoh will take and build up barns and build up the excess in the years of plenty, when the years of famine come, you'll be fine. He not only walked in there and said, I can see what's happening. He walked in and said, not only can I see what's happening, but I can tell you how to fix it. Now, I got news for you. If he was just a favored son, Pharaoh, Pharaoh would have said, what are you trying to get for your family? If he was a favored employee, Pharaoh would have said, oh, I don't need to hear from an employee. I need to hear from your boss. 
If he was just a favored prisoner, Pharaoh would have said, I don't need to hear the words of a prisoner. I need to hear the words of life. But when he walked in there and he said, my identities no longer matter. King, I stand before you today and I tell you what God has said. When we come before God and we say, our identity in ourselves don't matter, but we want our identity in you, Christ gives us identity. And he gets his next coat. He becomes the favored ruler. There's something special about this jacket. In this particular one, I have to turn around and let you see it. See, it's got a patch on the back of it. But can I tell you, there's something special about that patch. Dwayne, you can't wear this jacket. You know why? You're not a member. When I bought the patch that's on this jacket, I had to give a membership number. I'm not allowed to buy the patch until I've been through some training. Your son's got a patch. We got to go through classes we got to join the Christian Motorcycle Association. We, we have a process that we go through. And when we get the patch, we're under, we understand that we have earned that patch. And that patch gives us right to ride with the Christian Motorcyclist Association. That patch is a patch that identifies that we belong to the leadership. Mm. Daddy could give me that one. My master gave me that one. My jailer gave me that one. This one was given to me. By the president of the Christian Motorcycle Association. This robe was given to me by the king. This robe says not only did I earn it because I interpreted the dream. But now I have authority that goes beyond what daddy says. Goes beyond what my boss says. Goes beyond what my jailer says. Now I have the authority of everybody save the king. Oh let me put it this way. Now I am joint heirs with Jesus and everything that God has I have. I have the rights to the kingdom. I have the rights to the anointing. I have the rights to the victory. I now have the jacket of the king. When Joseph got the jacket of the king, now the whole kingdom is under his command. And he walks with authority. Now he's not limited by the credit rating of a master. He's not limited by the bars of a prison. And he's not limited by the geographic situation of his family. Now he's got the authority of the king. When you got the authority of the king, you got authority even outside your own kingdom. If Joseph went outside Egypt, he still had authority. How do, I, how do I know that? Because read the Bible. Read the story. He began to store up 
Then he began to buy the land. When the famine started, he began to buy up the land for Pharaoh. Then we know that his brothers came to get food. Why? Because he began to buy, he began to sell food to the surrounding lands. He had authority that reached beyond his kingdom. I got news for you. When you let the king of kings put a robe on your back, you got authority in the house of God. You got authority in your house. You got authority in Walmart. You got authority on the streets. Anywhere a demon wants to rise up against you, everywhere a devil wants to rise up against you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You got authority everywhere you go. Joseph had authority. He now had the robe that God intended. He had the robe that God intended. And now, one day, he's standing there and here come ten of his brothers. And they want food. (laughs) Now, I love this part of the story. Because Joseph had the authority. Joseph could have killed him. But we see Joseph's mercy and we see his grace. But we also see his humanity. It says, I ain't going to kill you, but I'm going to make you wish you were dead a little while before I help you. I'm going to make you walk through some hoops. And and, and he he tortures them and he, he, not physically tortured, but, but emotionally. I need to see your brother. I need to see the youngest, which was his only true brother, his only full brother. He goes, he sends their money back with them. Man, now they think he's going to think they're they're thieves. They bring Benjamin. He puts his silver cup in his bag. Chase them down. Whoever has the silver cup, tell them that you've got to bring them back as a prisoner because they stole from me. And imagine how scared they were. Oh, Benjamin's like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Comes back. He has a dinner for him. He seats them in order from oldest to youngest. He serves them food, but to Benjamin, his, his full brother, he gives five times what he gives anybody else. But then finally, Joseph breaks down in front of them. It says, it's your brother. It's me. I'm alive. God has sent me ahead to save our people. And the Bible says something interesting. The Bible says that he went to his brothers. And he gave each of them a change of clothes. And to Benjamin, he gave five changes of clothes. But I want you to see this. And he says, I got something I need to give you. Because up until this point, you've been identified as my destroyers. 
you have been identified as the ones that set out to kill me. But because of where God has placed me, now I'm going to give you one of my coats. And you're no longer identified as somebody trying to kill me. But now you're going to carry the same patch on your back that I carry. You're going to walk with the same authority. I got news for you. There needs to come a place that we quit trying to pay back everybody that hurt us in the past. And we start grabbing the robe of Christ. And we start wrapping it around our brothers and sisters. And saying, I know what you were identified as before. But I've come by to tell you, God has given me peace. God has given me anointing. He has called me to preach good news to the poor. And to preach freedom to the captive. When we begin to give away what God has given us. The story of Joseph would be a waste of pages in the Bible if Joseph never gave coats away. The story of Joseph would... Joseph said, you stole the coat of many colors. You doused it in blood. But the truth of the matter is, I'm better off without it. He said, I'm not going to give you my identity as a favored slave because God never intended you to be a slave. He said, I'm not going to give you the, the identity of a favored prisoner, although he had every right to throw them into prison himself, although he had every right to make them prisoners. He said, no, that's not the favor I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the identity I have as a king. I'm going to give you the identity I have as a king. Let me put it in words you can understand. He forgave. Some of us can't move from one coat to the other because we can't forgive. God's plan is here. That's why Joseph ends the story. By saying, listen, you meant to harm me, but God meant it for good. You meant to kill me, but God meant to get you the king's robe. Church, I'm tired of being satisfied being daddy's favorite. We have way too many people in this world, some in this church, many, many more in this world. They're not looking for God's robe. They're looking for the pastor's robe. See, it's not a mistake that I use the suit jacket that so often identifies the preacher. There's way too many people more interested in the title they get at church. The position that they hold. 
the authority that they're given in the house of God rather than saying, God, you can take the titles. Give me your presence. There are too many people in this world who stand and say, I'm satisfied. Just having the identity of the church. I'm satisfied just being a good servant. Oh, oh, pastor, we're supposed to be servants. That's what we're supposed to be. You're right. But we're only slaves to God. Some of us are enslaved to our addictions. But as long as we can cover it up, we're okay. We're satisfied. We're like the children of Israel. Jesus began to talk about freedom, and they said, Freedom! We've all, we're descendants of Abraham. We've always been free, which was a bunch of hogwash. They were in slavery to the, to the Romans at that point. And Jesus says, you're not free. You become comfortable inside the length of your chain. I don't know if I've preached it here. I may have preached it early on. Preach a sermon where I chained myself. And you feel free until you get to the end of the chain. I got news for you. Some of us think we're free. We talk about freedom until God says go to the mission field. We talk about freedom until God says, hey, why don't you actually go to prayer? We, 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 we talk about freedom until they sing a song we don't know or we don't like. And we realize that we become satisfied as a favored slave. Some of us. The next step from slavery is imprisonment. I'm going to tell you of every coat that I have up here, this is the heaviest. There's some interesting things about this coat. It identifies a place, a time, and a name. Pastor, what are you talking about? See, our imprisonment identifies a place that we once was. A time where we did something we know we shouldn't have done. And it brands it with our name and says, you can't get away from that. You will always be known. Sandifer will always be connected to that sin, to that addiction. The weight of this coat will keep you held back. You can never get past the date and the identity. You can never get past the place and the date. Your identity is tied to it. But Joseph said, the king's looking for me. You can keep that. But when the king gives you a robe, 
when the king puts what we call these jackets in the motorcycle club. We call it our colors. When we put our colors on it and we walk down the street, we walk with pride. We walk with understanding that we're a part of something. Oh, I got news for you, church. When you put on the robe of Jesus Christ, the robe of forgiveness, the robe of anointing, the robe of, of Holy Ghost power, you walk with victory, you walk with pride, you're it of the jackets that I have up here. This is the lightest one. <laughs> I got news for you. This is a, this one. Oh, no, Pastor, that one's got to be lighter. I'm going to tell you, this one felt light, but when you put it on, you sweat. This one here, you put it on, and it's comfortable. Mm, when you put on the robe of Jesus Christ, you walk with authority. And, mm, It brings about reverence. Can, can, I, can I go down a weird road here just for a second? I, I, I'm using the colors of, of my Christian Motorcycle Association. But, but that's not the only motorcycle colors that are out there. there there's some other colors that are out there. And, and, and when you go to a bike meet... And, and, and I, as I've done before, go to ride with a fallen soldier or whatever, and you're, you're with other motorcycle clubs. You see many, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, most of them are not as scary as you think motorcycle you know, bikers are. Most of them aren't. I've got a cousin who was pledging to Hell's Angels. He, I don't think he finished it out, but he, 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 he pledged them for a while. He's not as scary. I mean, he wasn't godly at the time, but he's not quite as scary as you would think. But I'm going to tell you something. I walked into a bike rally one time, and I'm walking down the thing, and I'm walking with a friend of mine. And he says, look down. He goes, look down. Why? He goes, he said, when you get a chance, glance up at that jacket. There's a guy walking. And on the front of his jacket, he had a 1%. I said, well, he goes, he said, that means that he is the worst of the worst. He said, he's probably a crook. He may be a murderer. He's a one percenter. When you think of a bad biker, when you think of somebody scary, that's the dude. That club, they're one percenters. You see, when you see the color, you go, oh. Better be careful. I tell you something. When Satan looks up and he sees the color blood on your jacket, because you're wearing the jacket of Jesus Christ, Satan looks at the other demons and says, Oh, whoa, 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 back up. That's a spirit-filled believer. You can't mess with him. He's got power. He's got authority. He, they're the ones that cast us out of things. He's the, they follow. He got that coat from Jesus who put a thousand demons into a bunch of pigs. We better stand clear of him. They've got authority. I got news for you, church. Quit being satisfied to be daddy's favorite, to be your master's favorite, or to be, or to be the prison guard's favorite, and start walking in God's anointing. Pastor, where are you trying to go with this? I don't know. 
But I can tell you where I went with it. God, don't let me be satisfied anywhere until I get your coat. God, don't let me be satisfied anywhere until I get your coat. Don't let me be God, don't let me be satisfied as a as a good pastor. I don't care if I got a church of 50 or 60 or a church of 50 or 60,000. If my identity is found in my church, that's not what God intended me to have. I'm not I can't be satisfied. I can't be satisfied with that. God, don't let me become satisfied in my slavery. Don't let me become satisfied in my sin. Don't let me become satisfied in my prison. The last place before he got the king's robe, the place where he met the people was in the prison. Sometimes you got to go through the prison spiritually to get to the victory. But don't get satisfied there. But God, let me keep running until I get your coat. And when I get your coat, God, let me give it away. Let me share it. Let me share it. Don't be satisfied stopping. You meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. To save a people, save a nation, one family turned into, and I, I'm going off the top of my head now, I can't remember exactly, I think it was three or 700 that came into the land of Goshen that turned into over a million that left Egypt. That turned in to as number, numerous as the stars in the sky. All saved because one person said, I'm not going to be satisfied with any coat until I get the king's coat. God's got a blessing for you. Don't be satisfied with any sh anything short of what he's got for you. Here's what I want to do tonight. I want to invite you to come to this altar as we close. And I want to invite you just to begin to ask God, God, clothe me. Clothe me. Don't let me be satisfied. Don't let me be satisfied where God clothed me. Lord, put your robe on my back. Put your anointing on me. Put your, man, when you get, when you get the cloak that God has for you, maybe it's Elijah's cloak. When Elijah, when Elisha got Elijah's coat, he did twice what Elijah did. He raised the dead. He parted the water. He became victorious. God, give me the coat that comes from your hand and let me find a way to give it away.
Will you come and join me in prayer right now?